Welcome to Behind the Data. This is a podcast that takes you inside the world of market research and breaks down all the topics we love to nerd out on. I'm Sarah Abadi. So speaking of nerds, I've got one of the biggest nerds in the office, Mike Joswick, here with me. Uh, Mike is a VP of consulting at Euromonitor, and our consulting group does what, like the cool custom projects? Is that what we put on the brochures? We are. Yeah, exactly right. We're the cool custom kids, for the sure. cool custom kids. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to talk a little bit about what we do. So let's talk about what we do. I mean, let's take this back to basics. What is market research, or what is research even? Sure. Uh, well, research is essentially us trying to explore the world around us and understand how it works. Right. And so that's why I like coming to work every day, because I've always been interested in trying to understand uh, how things work. How did that toothpaste uh, show up in my bathroom? Uh, why uh, why is that dog bred the way it is? Whatever it is, I've always been fascinated about how stuff works. You were one of those kids, weren't you? Uh, yeah, exactly. I was. <laughs> I was. And um, and we do that for a living. We essentially get paid to understand uh, the dynamics of a given market or uh, a culture and how uh, the pieces of that culture, that market, that political environment, those consumers uh, work together. So, yeah, you're a curious guy. You like to research the world around you. I get it. I'm a, <laughs> I fancy myself a Nancy Drew as well. Yeah. Um, but what about market research? How did you get involved in that? And sort of how does that play into the research side of things? Yeah. For me personally, I was always interested in uh international activities. And so Euromonitor was a great fit for that. Um, I have a science background, and so I've always had an idea of how uh, understanding how things work. Uh, so market research was a nice fit for me. Market research is a pretty broad um, umbrella, and I think it's worth talking a little bit about how it's seen uh, more globally and then where Euromonitor fits. Let's do it. Yeah. So how is it seen globally? <laughs> Uh, well, in general, I think market research uh, is primarily uh, looking at consumers. And I'd say most dollars spent on market research are about exploring consumers and very tactical information in general uh, and how they uh, get information, how they uh, use different products, and how they use different services in their daily life, right? So when people think about market research, they're probably thinking about things like surveys, uh, that they take on a regular basis, or they're thinking of scan data when you go to the store and you have that little uh, machine that's clicked, uh, that's something that would be pulled back. Uh, and that is a majority of uh, of the space. But those things tend to be very tactical in nature, and they're solving a very specific set of problems. Um, there is another part of the market research space that's broader than that and a little more strategic in nature. And that is more likely where Euromonitor is going to play on a more consistent basis. And so those subjects have a longer timeline to them. Uh, they have a wider breadth, uh, whether that be from a ge geography standpoint or from a topic standpoint in terms of the future. Uh, and so that tends to be where Euromonitor is playing more specifically. So what kinds of topics are we talking about when you say broad, high level, or future looking? Uh, we might be exploring a broader uh, country's dynamics in the regulatory environment, for example. So if you're a business and you're interested in going into potentially Brazil or China uh, with a new product for the first time, um, you're going to need a high-level view of uh, how business works in that space to begin with. Uh, let's say that you want to start selling coffee in China 
or Brazil for the first time, a new hot, uh, cold, cold beverage coffee brew. Uh, then you'll need to understand the basics of how consumers think about coffee today to begin with, which is sort of high level, right? Do people in Brazil or uh, China drink coffee at all? Well, I know in South basis. America they do. <laughs> they do for sure. But yeah, you go to China and obviously uh, a place like Starbucks has uh, dominated uh, over time. But early days, uh, it's a tea drinking culture, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, so where are the footholds there? Uh, now that you understand that, how do you actually get coffee uh, into or distribute coffee into more second or third tier cities, for example? Uh, once you have that, how do you market coffee to those people? How do you understand uh, what values they associate to that beverage? Maybe it's not a early morning wake myself up drink uh, for the average Brazilian. Maybe that's something that's a special treat in the afternoon. Uh, those are things that you need to understand as well. Um, and then what are the logistics behind uh, that experience in general? Is it that you're always going to be selling just to restaurants because that's always going to be a, a beverage that you uh, go out and get uh, at a, a midday snack? Or is that something you'll want to sell uh, to uh, grocery stores because you'll want to consume that in the home? That is a lot of moving parts. And that's just for coffee. Yeah. Now let's multiply that by toothpaste and shampoo and apparel. How do you keep it all straight? Well, you know, the, the basics of it uh, and the fundamentals of research sort of stay the same every time, right? So regardless of what you're studying, you need to start with great definitions. Uh, and I think that's a core uh, of our syndicated uh, space and our custom research space, which I'm gonna is- I'm going to stop you for a second right there. Please you do. are throwing out definitions. What is syndicated and how does that differ from custom? I think I can deduce what that means. No worries. So our syndicated uh, set of data is something that we publish annually and then is available uh, to anybody who wants to uh, subscribe to that information on a regular basis. It is non-proprietary, and it is open to anybody. Uh, our custom data is proprietary. It's tailored to a, a very specific business's need uh, at any given moment, uh, and then is used to usually inform uh, one specific business decision. I have so many questions about this custom space, and we're going to get to that in a minute. Sure. But I am going to ask what might seem like a very obvious question. Um, why do we even need market research? Why is it so important? Because I feel like in today's age, there's so much information out there. I feel like I can Google just about everything I need. So <laughs> why why do we need market research? Well, let's just take your example of Googling something that you need. Uh, you're going to get thousands of results, Sarah, right? Uh, when you, and I do. <laughs> and you do. And the challenge to somebody trying to make a business decision or a, a decision on where to go to dinner that night mm -hmm. is what information can I trust? Well, that's easy. Eater.com for dinner. Eater.com, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, we're, we're the eater.com of the broader market environment. <laughs> and, and, and why? Because we know who the great sources are, mm -hmm. right? And we've built an infrastructure and a set of expertise that studies uh, where the strongest sources of information are. And that allows us to distill that list of a thousand different pieces of information into the ones that are most valuable. And if we've got a good set of definitions to start with and we really understand the, the thing that we're trying to address for a business uh, client, and then we apply our expertise to, uh, to the uh, collection of information, uh, we can get to smart answers in a more rapid way. 
And it's important that we can do that fast, uh, that we sure. because it is very expensive and very dangerous to uh, explore a concept, get a bunch of information, not really trust what's good or bad, and then make a business decision uh, on it where you might build a new plant in a in a business or you might invest millions of marketing dollars in a business. It's better that you are informed uh, of the likelihood for success. And so that's what I think the core of market research to me is giving people deeper insights on uh, where to best invest uh, in their business opportunities. That's a really interesting way of looking at it because when I think about big data, I I don't know, like I'm not going to lie, the term, my eyes kind of glaze over, I tune out, it sounds like something boring, but the way you're talking about it now, it makes a lot of sense and I'm kind of intrigued. So let's talk about big data a little. Big data. Uh, well, big data is a term that I think is... Uh, comfortably confusing for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people talk about it and don't exactly know what it means. Um, and so what you have is access to suddenly so many more uh, streams of data that exist today. So is anybody here wearing a Fitbit? I am not at the moment. Uh, but I am not either. But the reality is devices like that uh, or or websites like Facebook, uh, which is hot and in the news right now, are obviously collecting immense amount of information about consumers and what they're doing on a regular basis. And whether it's telling you, it's giving you some benefit as well. So uh, Yeah, I learned which Disney character I am. So Exactly. <laughs> that, that and and who is question? that? Is Are you an Ariel? Or? I am, no, I'm a cross. I'm an Ariel and a Belle. Okay. Because I'm a, a brunette nerd that likes to read. That's so. excellent. Belle at heart. But... Great. Sometimes I defy my parents, so I guess I have aerial tendencies. That's good. Well, yeah, I Thanks, have Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so obviously, uh, whether you uh, are understanding what Disney character you are or you are understanding, wow, I only got 27 minutes of REM sleep last night, you are getting some personal benefit to that information and you are mm -hmm. giving that company access to you know, for lack of a better term, your soul, Worth uh, it. Your, <laughs> a, your avatar soul. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, streams of information that are out there right now. And that information is being collected and collated. And that information in aggregate is called big data, right? And so the goal uh, of uh, businesses that are going to do something with that information is they are going to analyze it and build algorithms that allow them to make smart decisions mm -hmm. and maybe push you certain content that you'd be more likely to buy. Like I always get uh, really checkered shirts when I go to Facebook. It's all advertisements for like cowboy shirts, basically. Mm. So I clearly am. Mine is rosé and open table because I don't <laughs> like to cook. <laughs> exactly. So they know us well. So over time, what, what you'll see happening is people will be uh, using machine learning and advanced mathematics to... Uh, build more sophisticated algorithms that'll be able to push uh, things more uh, aggressively to you that makes sense. Right? So it doesn't scare you. You sound really excited about this. I think in general, it can be very exciting. Um, but what I think is happening right now is that there's so much, so many streams of data uh, and they're still very disparate. Uh, they don't, they're not connected in any way. And so what you've got here is this proliferation of services that are offering one stream of data uh, and it's on a sexy interface that's really cool to look at 
And so businesses say, all right, wow, that looks great. I can learn so much in a very deep amount about this one little thing. And there are a thousand of them. And what we as market researchers, uh, at least in the strategic market research landscape, do for a living is uh, is analyze uh, those those data points as best we can. And where we're most useful is when a client comes to us and says, I've got one data point that says X, and I've got one data point that says Y. Which one is it? And which one is it? Well, the truth is that we need to understand how data point X was collected mm -hmm. and its value and how data point Y was collected and its value. And then we need to make a judgment call on which of those is stronger for the or fit for purpose for the business decision that's taken. Big data is essentially going to create thousands of conflicting data points. And what we see already happening is that our clients are overwhelmed by this and they need someone to distill that information mm -hmm. and they need someone to say, what is trustworthy? And so I think it is an opportunity for the market research landscape to essentially uh, use these tools, uh, understand them, but understand what their best use case is. And, um, and certain sets of data on a retailer and certain sets of data on a consumer habits, those are useful uh, to make certain tactical decisions, but they shouldn't necessarily be combined to make a big, broader strategic decision. Sure. And so in general, I would say that what you'll see over time is that um, we're still in this upswing of this proliferation of many, many more products and services that'll keep growing out of big data. Um, but over time, uh, there'll be some frustration with the limitations of that. And you'll see that those, much like the uh, early days of websites, you will see that the, the mediocre websites will start to fall away uh, and that uh, certain pieces of big data or certain institutions that are good at that, uh, businesses will swarm around those and you'll have bigger hubs mm -hmm. of information that are more trusted over time. And I think there's a real opportunity for market research to take the lead in that space and drive it forward. It's a, a different spin on what we hear about day to day. So that's really cool. Sure. So whether it's big data, I mean, is that where the custom research comes into play around things like that? Or I, I do want to touch on custom research. You piqued my interest there. And I want yeah. to hear about what, what you do exactly. Sure. So uh, what I do can best be defined as uh, juxtaposed to the, what our broader organization does. So our broader organization publishes millions of data points uh, on uh, 34 different industries on a regular basis. Uh, and we do that on an annual basis and we keep building uh, industry knowledge and then also uh, on top of that layering in macroeconomic information uh, to understand demographics and how how old the population of Japan is today or the uh, rising disposable income of Ghana uh, tomorrow. Um, so uh, that is a wonderful basis or a, a huge playground for us in terms of a, a strong, consistent, ever-expanding data set. And a client will buy that to help inform their decisions. But sometimes that data set doesn't go far enough for a client. So... Um, we in the custom research space uh, will uh, talk to a client about their business objective and maybe that gap in the information space that they have, and we'll fill that essentially. And that might be uh, just using our own system and, and going two levels deeper on a certain subject, or it might be exploring a totally new uh, topic uh, just using the same methodology that we typically employ. 
And so the methodology is the same, whether it's syndicated or custom, and the methodology is pretty simple. It is gather as many secondary inputs as exist out there uh, in the market space today, and pieces of, of big data are coming into that space more regularly. Uh-huh. Okay, So gather what's out there first. Next, talk to people that understand the subject that you are exploring. Right, So there are experts in any field, and the best way, the fastest way to get information is to go speak to those individuals. And so we do a lot of primary trade interviews with people who have knowledge on a given subject and can tell me uh, in great detail how to get, uh, what the best way to get coffee into a tier five city in China is, right? And one conversation with an expert like that uh, can be worth a thousand conversations with a consumer that has no idea how they got that cup of coffee in their hand. Everyone has an opinion, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But our job as, as researchers is to weight that opinion next mm-hmm. to somebody else. We are always benchmarking and weighting the value of a given piece of information. And so when we take that secondary information and then we take those primary uh, trade interviews and the inputs that come back from that, Then what we do is we assess uh, the inputs that have been given and we look to essentially distill them down into actionable insights for our client and essentially give them recommendations on what to do next. And what to do next can be next month or it can be over the next five years or it can be way, way further out in the future. You know, uh, you know, what is the. Uh, breakfast landscape for millennials look like in 2027. Avocado toast forever. Avocado (laughs) toast forever. I just saved you so much time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Your your input will be uh, evaluated later. And weighted very low (laughs) on the priority list. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you say our clients. Who who are these people? Who are these companies hiring us for research? Are there any cool projects you're allowed to talk about? Can you kiss and tell? Like how secretive <laughs> is this? I signed an immense number of NDAs. That mean I can't straight kiss and tell, but I can certainly give you some ideas. Uh, primarily working with uh, corporations a lot in the fast moving consumer goods space. So stuff you'd see in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. We are also working in the services uh, categories as well. So we're uh, working with big big banks. We're working with food service operators. We're working with travel and tourism uh, players. And then on the flip side, uh, outside of the corporate space, we're working with academic institutions. We're working with uh, NGOs, governments, and associations uh, that are championing certain causes or certain uh, industries and driving growth in those spaces. Uh, So... What's fun about our job is we get to work with just about everybody who has an interest in exploring uh, a subject. And that subject can be the impact of uh, jihadi terrorism on the rights of women in the workplace in uh, the Middle East. Or it can be contact lens opportunities for dogs and cats in Japan. It can really... Contacts for dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I have another show I want to do just on that topic. (laughs) Both have been uh, done uh, by our group. And so, uh, again, it's, it's always worth remembering that the through line of a good market research project is define what you're trying to explore. Make sure that you understand who has that information, uh, you know, which is typically if you're doing a custom research engagement, scarce. It's not easily Google, you know, Googled. That's why they enlisted your help, right? It is. Yes. If, if everything was Googled, I would have a, a you know, I would. 
I would be doing something else. Um, okay, so contacts for dogs and cats sounds pretty obscure to me. Is that the weirdest topic you've researched? Oh, and if man. not, what is? We, uh, we've done a couple really weird uh, projects, uh, and we've also bid on a couple of jobs that are fascinating. Uh, we've, and I, they're both, now that I think about it, I guess some of the weird ones for me are the pet, <laughs> the pet category. Uh, we were, a, or we we're scheduled to do a project uh, very soon where we'll be looking at the opportunity for cloning cats and dogs. And, what? Uh, yeah, in the United States, and uh, what consumers would be willing to pay to clone Fluffy or Minka. Uh, in the future. And I, I am think... an avid Real Housewives of Beverly Hills watcher, and I can tell you there there is a market for this, and it's all on Bravo. It is crazy. And right now, I think the average cost of that is like 40 or 50 grand to do that for a dog or a wow. cat. But this company wanted to invest in R&D that would allow them to get that to a lower uh, a lower price point. Yeah. So cloning animals, that's that's what you're going with. Weirdest topic. That is the weirdest topic. But like, there's so many fun uh, projects that we get to do. And I think- We're the... not going to limit you. Tell us. Well, like, I think I love the projects most where we get to explore culture. And I think one of the mm -hmm. huge benefits of working at Euromonitor is we are constantly doing projects in 100 countries at any given time, right? So um, I liked one that we were doing very recently where we were looking at Eastern European countries and the impact that big box retailers like Walmart or, you know, Aldi or bigger, bigger supermarkets uh, and convenience stores, what they're impact was on the society at large. It's for a large global organization that wanted to explore uh, that concept. What did that mean for the people uh, that were mom and pop shops in that space? What did that mean for the average consumer who just wanted a fresh apple and wanted to buy that? And uh, how did that change uh, how products and services uh, were brought to rural areas that huh. didn't have that before? And what did that... Uh, mean for jobs in that space, for the rights of low-income groups in that space, and for the opportunities uh, that that brought in terms of uh, foreign investment, essentially. And so um, being able to tackle topics that big and that far-ranging and their impact on so many different stakeholders is something that's fascinating and something that again, is just all grounded in the basics of fundamental research. I think fascinating is the perfect word. I'm going to be very honest with you. I had no idea, like the, the very real life implications that a lot of this research can have. You're talking about jobs, how people buy food. I mean, it's niche, it's complicated. This is great. And the other thing that's fun about working with uh, like-minded people who are always uh, infinitely curious is, honestly, the stories, uh, whether they be about toothpaste or about, uh, you know, the rise or fall of travel agents, uh, all those things, uh, I think, are just about the way that people, usually in the form of businesses, are communicating with each other and how cultures are constantly clashing and, and making new and wonderful things. Uh, so. I love this. I feel like we're Q and we're helping James Bond like, being equipped with the most knowledge and ready for the best idea. We are very much Q to uh, to are the James Bonds of our world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I know my place. I'm never going to be the Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Me I'm neither. A Q. <laughs> Me neither. I'll stay in the background and just tell them where to go. <laughs> 
Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us and shedding more light into market research, how it works, and maybe how some of us see its impact day to day and didn't even realize it. Yeah, thanks for the time, Sarah. It was a fun discussion. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Behind the Data. We hope you're just as curious as we are and will continue to listen as we dissect data, research, and everything in between. 